Welcome to the Reroll Gaming Podcast, where I, Tanner Prentice, guide five of my closest friends through an original adventure playing the tabletop role-playing game Pathfinder 2nd Edition. In the world of Rell, five strangers brought together a resistance under the shadow of the Blackreach Empire. Until everything changed. A villain and former lover named Hogoth fractured the planes of existence, ushering in an endless night and an era of undeath. All in the name of an undying dragon, Zarox. Now, the fate of Rel is left to these five adventurers. My name is Ayla, and I play Bo Cantrell, a fallen Asimar and cleric, with Cosmios, the god of fate, as my deity. Hi, my name is Zane, and I play Cinder Lafayette, the halfling investigator with a dicey past. My name is Octavia and I play Starlet Moonbow. Star, as she's better known by her companions, is on a mission to save her true love, Faya, from the Maiden of Spiders. Hi, my name is Latara, and I play Kiarin Nimone the Sadistic, the Dolel champion of Emin, who yearns for that redemption that is so far out of her reach. I'm Brendan Geyer. And I am Frost your new favorite kobold barbarian. Honor-bound to protect and serve Grat's party. And oath-bound to finish its mission. These five heroes are the last best hope to save Rel. But can they overcome this darkness that spreads under the shattered sky? Find out now on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. Is it, is it sugar cookies kind of a double entendre? Like, aren't all I mean, cookies sugar cookies? If you ever want to like have a full understanding of how much sugar is in sugar cookies, go ahead and just make sugar cookies because by weight, like fifty percent of the ingredients is sugar, and then you roll them in sugar after you've made mm-hmm. the dough, <laughs> and then you d- have a headache for two days. I don't think double entendre thinks what means what you think it means. Was oh, are sugar cookies sexy? Is that what it means? <laughs> Yeah, I'm learning that I don't know what a lot of words mean. <laughs> Isn't that a menage a trois? <laughs> using that, using that, yeah, term in like a very like high level corporate board meeting. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think we really just gotta you know round back around and choke the chicken on this one, guys. Let's <laughs> <laughs> drop the lizard. That really choke beats the my meat. <laughs> Quarterly profits. Oh. Imagine that accidentally coming up in like a beef industry board meeting. As you can see here, um, our sales from quarter four really beats the meat. <laughs> but that's what like everybody's laughing and then he uses choke the chicken, but in a beef related setting. And then it just smash cuts to him with like a box of his like cleaning out his desk. <laughs> Too far. Oh, uh, what a what a what a dumb thing. Let's keep this momentum going. We got good shit going. My my one of my mom's favorite type of wines is the Menage a Trois wine, and my sister told me what it meant, and I was like, I don't want to buy this for her for Mother's Day anymore. It means, it means threesome, right? Just so we're all on the same page. I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I didn't want to ask. That's always. <laughs> I think it's. I think it literally means a group of three or yeah. like a collection. Yeah, Menage is like love, isn't it's it? It's just like three, used three to way for love. A threesome, but... I'm looking it up. Yeah. No, because it's a menagerie. A menagerie is like a 
an arrangement in which three people share a sexual relationship, typically a domestic situation involving a married couple and the lover of one of them. That's fucking so funny. What the fuck? Including but not limited to Tanner's mom. <laughs> no! <laughs> mom, shut it off! Where's there? So <laughs> Alright. I think today is a good day to start off our oh. session with a little scene. Shing! A razor-sharp axe slices through the frigid mountain air, painting the white snow with a splatter of blood. An orcish ghoul falls to his knees as Frostknuckle plants the axe directly between its eyes. The undead crumples in the snow and joins a half-dozen corpses surrounding the skewered dwarf. His white wolf cloak matches the blood-soaked ground beneath him. His breathing is labored, and his vitality wanes. Impressive, Orc. Very impressive. The unholy priestess steps softly towards the warrior with a gentle lethality. Such ferocity, untethered rage, and conflicted bloodlust. When I branded you with the mark of Zarox, I had assumed you were another brute who managed to climb the savage hierarchy with nothing more than luck and mindless drive. The mark was simply to placate you, a bone for a dog who lies in his kennel until he is needed to gnaw on the marrow of his master's enemies. I can see that I was mistaken. I see the cleverness hiding under the guise of barbarism. To use these beasts as she gestures to a slaughtered wolf in the snow. To sow chaos and discord while using an archaic cultural challenge to draw out my... She pauses for a moment as she steps over the decapitated corpse of one of these ghouls. Pathetic champions. The wind cuts like a blade, but neither the thinly covered priestess nor the shirtless bloody orc flinch. <sighs> you must love the sound of your own words, abomination. Get it over with. Send me to my son. The scythe sings a song of death as she slices open the stomach of Frost Knuckle in an instant. His intestines spill into the snow and a scream catches in his throat. Despite your valor, fool, death is not your release. You will not reunite with your son's wretched soul. In death, you will answer to Hogarth for allowing his quarry to escape. You will only dream of death's merciful embrace. The skeletal fiddler behind her plays a dark tune as her hands pull on strands of dark magic and the fresh corpse begins to twitch 
like a puppet on a string. But 30 or so miles away, in what used to be Old Town, outside Bronzehammer, our five players are sitting, enjoying a nice breakfast, comparing the magical properties between Frost's Great Axe and Groth's Mask. Poor Frost Knuckle. You know what we call that? Do any of you guys suddenly feel really bad about something? Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> really, really, really guilty. Do something. I'm gonna say, uh, like, you know what that is? That's the sound of our consequences for our actions being 30 miles behind us. <laughs> squarely <laughs> landing somebody on somebody else. Completely else, yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and everybody who was important got away unscathed. Frostnickel <laughs> yep. was important. Groth was important. Well, uh, yeah, but, you know. <laughs> to uh, you. I don't know where he is. We can't prove whether or not he was actually scathed at this, at this juncture. <laughs> and I think on that note, um, Cinder's running her hand over the back of this mask and she looks up at everybody and reads out in common. Hogoth, may giants fear you and the kin respect you. Yours, Groth. He never did lose his love for that one. Does the name Hogoth mean anything to Cinder, like society-wise or anything like that? Give me a society Imagine. check. Okay. Uh, 25. You've heard of a great general uh, Hogoth who led a Goliath army in several skirmishes in the upper peaks of the Kravnox, but that was a few years ago. To your knowledge, they all died or fled. And he was a half-giant, right? Half-giant, yeah. Giant yeah. kid. Yeah, I think she'll kind of bring that up, too, and just say, uh, this is the same Hogoth that led the army through the Kravnox some time ago. I believe so. Groth told us about how he and Hogoth led his people to greatness for a while. Can only speculate as to where this Hogoth is now if he's still alive. Karen kind of glances towards Bo and Star. But she doesn't get hung up on that too much. She'll... She's turning her attention mostly. She wants to see if this mask and the axe share like design qualities, like they were made by the same person. Do you have a crafting skill? <clears throat> I do, but I'm untrained in it. Uh, I would also argue maybe society, but I understand if crafting is the direction we got to go. I think crafting is going to fit this one a little more. I, I'll let you roll untrained. Okay. 28. Yeah, I mean... You're about as good, you know, to the naked eye as anyone would be outside of the industry. And th these definitely look like they were made by the same person. Uh, Brendan, was there any sort of, uh, uh, like, blacksmith imprint that Groth would leave on his? Uh, uh, yeah, there would have been an antler-like nib. It's like a, a nib on a nib on a nib kind of thing. Uh, it's just a... a smithing technique that like kind of the the giant kin masters would teach their apprentices to basically like take their fucking sausage fingers and operate a chisel finely <laughs> enough to split a split pretty much and i think with your 
keen investigative ability, Cinder, you see this uh, knob matching on both of these. Also, um, I mentioned this off air too. I have been neglecting like a cornerstone of my class, which is uh, pursuing a lead. So mm -hmm. technically, that role would have been a twenty-nine because I'm pursuing, I'm investigating these two pieces of uh, uh, blacksmithing work. But yeah, okay. anyway, yeah. That, that's more just. Well, with the twenty-nine, you know all of that as well. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good to know. No <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but yeah, I think she'll like turn to regard frost and uh say i'm no i'm no expert in blacksmithing but whoever made these definitely had skill that cannot be taught he's a master in his work that's for sure hey even greater than master perhaps he outfitted an army who Their presence far exceeded the bounds of where they had trapped. We began hearing of them in Blackreach. These people who may be coming to the table in peace talks and negotiations. Whose people specifically? Sorry, uh, the the people that this army was fighting for. Okay, the, gotcha. the Goliath group. Mm -hmm. had begun to coalesce into like a power that now other cities were like oh, maybe we should talk to them before they make up some like come to some foregone conclusion about who we are they were becoming relevant on a political scale yeah yeah through militaristic means they were right um yeah Senator will gently place the antlered mask back on the bar trust <coughs> Now that you have, yet again, I'm sorry, missed Groth, what do you plan from here? Do you continue your search? You may have been on Death's door, but his body isn't here. I don't know if... if I can ever connect with Groth, or if we are just fated to be split apart, but... I would like to try to understand his cause and carry it forward in his name. Uh, Star will kind of step in here and say, well, we have a few more stops on this train before I think any of us plan on going our separate ways, so you're welcome to join in. As I understand it, you would have been considered friends by Groth. My axe is yours to use. Swing it wisely. Star will give a small smile, kind of maybe biting back tears a little. Groth would have liked you. Together we'll carry on his honor. I think. And with that, I suppose we should all be properly acquainted. And she puts out her hand to shake yours. I'm Starlet Moonbow. I am Frost. Just Frost. Well, just Frost. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I am Kiaren Nimone. Just 
Kiar Nimone. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Cinda Lafayette. It's a pleasure to officially meet you all. Cinder? What a coincidence. I think Flint mentioned a cinder. She's saying that in like a not assuming you are cinder. Right, yeah. But just like, hmm. It's a big world. Bound to share some names. I think Star will kind of nudge Bo. Like, yeah, you gotta say your name, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he like turns red and like covers his face. <laughs> well, you know me, I think. Um, except for maybe the last name. I'm Bo Cantrell. And Star will, I think, look over at Bo too and say, This group sure has changed since the beginning, don't you think? I hope you know I'm holding on to you pretty hard from now on. I can't do this without you. Star says, uh, I promise not to leave you unless, <laughs> unless I absolutely have to, but I don't want to lose any more of us. I hope you know in that case, I'd like to think that I, you know, would understand and that it'd be for a good reason. And if that time comes, it comes, and that's okay. I agree. But anyway, and I think she shakes her head a little bit, trying to stave off the tears again. I'm just... Well, let's figure out if we're getting the fuck in this city or not. And as if on divine cue, the door to old Nan's swings open. And in walks a familiar face, Edwin Ironhands. The lieutenant looks just, the, I imagine how Bo did, completely different. His armor is affixed in a very more stylish way, very particular. He is wearing medals across his cloak that is draped over his right shoulder, completely obscuring his left. And he walks with a confidence. And his he... he walks in and removes his home and he says I got you in let's go to bronze hammer it's about bloody time well Yig's not exactly the most uh, easy to work with nowadays get your stuff we must go I think after grabbing all of her stuff and everything um, unless anybody else has anything else they want to do Star wants to kind of have a thing on the way out the door. Well, I think really quick, anybody who cares to notice um, as Cinder gets up from the bar and walks past the fire pit in the middle, she tosses a small piece of wood from her pocket into the fire after kind of looking at it for a second. Do any of us see it? Yeah, I mean, she's not making an attempt to hide it. It's a small, it's a small figurine, though, so like it would be tough to see its likeness unless you are very perceptive or you go pick it up out of the fire. Karen runs over and sticks her hand in the fire. <laughs> what is this? Is this character <laughs> development? <laughs> Are you hiding character development from me, Cinder? 
Do you actually go pick it up, though? No. Okay. <laughs> Take 97 fire damage. It's a really hot fire. I would say um, Star probably, just as she's in passing, notices, obviously, but she's like, burning bridges are memories. Hopefully rekindling old ones. I can respect that. And she'll carry on her way. I think on the way out the door, she kind of links arms with Bo and pulls him in close, and she's like, I hear the beer here is supposed to punch you in your fucking head. We're going to find a bar when we get in there. <laughs> Mistakes it for you leaning in for a kiss. <laughs> Just like, Mwah! Sorry. I've <laughs> been waiting for this for so long. I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> You're, it just happens. You're like, anyways, just talk about the <laughs> beer anyway. So Faya is still the love of my life. <laughs> I feel uh, you. I love you like a youth pastor. <laughs> Ew. In, um, oh God, no. Uh, no, that doesn't actually happen. It's just like the leaning in. Yeah, I love funny it. It's funny here. Um, Octavia, uh, Star is from where? Where is she known? Like where? Where, where um, all of her? I okay, so she is originally from the Dragonfire Isles, but she like traveled to the mainland after kind of getting kicked out of there uh, for right. being a shithead. I don't really know. There was just kind of a large area that she was uh, essentially a traveling hero. I'm more just wondering if, if like, yeah, like where Cinder would know her from, from like Bard Tales or something like that, like where she made a name for herself primarily. Are you like a folk hero kind of thing? Like, but, yeah. Like, Pretty much. I don't. I don't even know what the. I, mean, I don't know where the map is. Don't you have it hung up on your wall, Tanner? Tell me where I'm yeah. from. You're from Civil the Dragonfire House. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, but tell me where I landed when I got out of the Dragonfire House. Oh, probably wherever you want. Okay. I mean, the Dragonfire House. Butthole uh, Land. Town. Butthole Land. Butthole Land. City. Yes. Tri City States. The, I mean, probably Saltwind. Taint right? Water. Probably you probably ended up in the port city of Saltwind for a while. Um, yeah, that's a little more civilized. Uh, the Dragonfire Isles are pirate waters. Um, yeah, and the city of Elm is it used to be a beautiful elven city that was taken by pirates. Um, and I think at a certain point you had an infamous scoundrel like reputation. But I, I sort of, and correct me if I'm wrong, I sort of viewed it almost from like a Robin Hood point of view, mm-hmm. not so much as giving to the poor, but like somebody who really goes after those who can afford to yeah well more just you know shitty people fighting the system fighting yeah fighting shitty people she's she's punk rock yeah punk hella punk (laughs) punk pirate scoundrel (laughs) yeah yeah, punk pirate scoundrel cat lady dog person cat dog (laughs) cat cat dog fox person um yeah i would say probably uh the elm is a big place and then any like smaller kind of towns traveling uh yeah and i think uh maybe as we're making our way to the gondola thing uh cinder you may have noticed she kind of like has been like shooting glances at you ever since you fully introduce yourself and uh she'll eventually she'll kind of like maybe work up the courage to come ask and just say stolid are you are you the stolid moonbow from the red sea I think hearing this, Star will kind of get a sly smile and puff out her chest a little bit. <laughs> well, I haven't been called that in quite some time, but 
Yes, that would be me. She'll kind of like, her eyes will get kind of wide and she'll just laugh and just say, that's amazing. I, you, you look different than they describe in the stories, I'll, I'll admit, but it's, it was, okay, hold on. You have to tell me, in Saltwind, the, the treasure convoy, was that, did you actually disperse all that money throughout an entire village? And Star will let out kind of a hearty laugh and she'll say, well, one, um, when the sky got all fucked up, I used to be more of a cat. So that's why I don't look the same. Um, and <laughs> as far as that uh, disbursement, it was me and my three comrades from way back when. Of course, we don't really associate anymore due to some awkwardness. Um, but no, yes, that was <laughs> that was us. Yeah, she just kind of keeps on like rolling. She's like, you made you made nobility out of an entire village of peasants. That's uh. I heard that story so many times that I never get tired of it. It's, and she'll kind of like catch herself, like fangirling a little bit. And she's <laughs> like, well, regardless, Miss Moonbo, it's very nice to finally meet you in person. I was always hoping that we would cross paths with one another. And she'll reach out and like actually shake your hand. Star will take it, and give a shake and everything. She's like, well, one of these days we'll stop into a bar and I'll, I'll uh, tell a few stories. Maybe you've heard Maybe you'll have heard them, or maybe they'll be new for you, but thank you. And she nods vigorously and just says, I'd, I'd like that. And you haven't known Cinder for very long, obviously, but this is easily within the amount of time that you've known her. Like, she's kind of dropped the cynical, like, stonewalling facade, and she actually seems like a little bit happy for once. Both of you take Stop a doing that. It's weird. That was good. That was very <laughs> cool. Thank you. Okay. Uh, also, I, while we're here, um, I think this has been giving me rerolls like as we log back in. Is there a way to turn that off? Because I have two right now, and I don't think I had two. I think you did. I think you did. I've been giving them out okay. pretty liberally. I had three. So like, to celebrate okay. rerolls yeah. all around. Can't have more than three. Keep in mind. It might have given you one when you switched to re the the remaster thing. Yeah. I think mm. it did. I think it did for me because it like re. I think it pretty much just rebuilds your page from scratch as like a new character sheet in the remaster. Mm. Mm. I see. Thing. It so is. it might have just given you a free it increments there. Point one or something. I don't <laughs> yeah, know. me too. <laughs> well, I have fifty, so that's okay. Yeah. Sweet. Keep yeah. them in a little coin bag. Uh, when the dwarf came in, did you say it was Edwin? Edwin uh, came in and said they were going to let us in. Kiaren wanted to ask him, they're going to let us all in. Well, um, I spoke a little bit to the king. He wants to see you all first, you and your friends. Um, one sec. I was like, why did they say it like that? <laughs> your <laughs> friends. Your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Sneezes all over all of us. It's horrible. Oh God, I'm allergic to bitch. <laughs> smells a little milky. <laughs> Is that just Flint? a dwarf thing, or? Yeah. No. Um, <clears throat> well, I uh, I spoke to the king a little bit, and well, he wants to meet with you all first. Uh, the the people you rescued they'll they'll stay in Old Town for now, but a shipment of uh, salted meats and um, 
medical supplies is coming up for them. We're gonna, we'll take care of them, I promise. But for now, you, Cinder, of course, the Asimar, um, I guess the kobold, the invitation's open? Uh, I'm not really <laughs> sure his association to you, uh, but the, the uh, Kitsune as well. And Shaq. Thank you. I he helped save everyone? Uh, not quite with Shaq, unfortunately. Um, quite He's frankly... Really too big for our lift. Quite, quite frankly, our lift master won't let a troll in. At least not where we stand now. But honestly, Bronze Hammer's kind of warm, and it seems like he really likes the cold, so <laughs> I don't know if he'll like it in the city. This beautiful beast would never go inside. Uh, Star will kind of pipe up and say, well, surely at least you guys might. You don't necessarily need to let him in, but he is on our side. Perhaps you could employ him for some work around here or whatever he might want to do, but don't yes. hurt him. Of course. He, we... takes, he takes payment in skunk beer. Yeah. And weed. No, uh... Skunk weed. Nobody will betray an order from the First Ranger. Benric promised absolute safety to all of you, and by extension, the king and me. We won't, we won't touch, touch the troll. Unless he, no, we won't even do that. <laughs> do I believe him? Uh, give me a perception check. Can I process uh, assist? <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and uh, assist. Oh, one thing very important about the remaster is they made aiding easier. You no longer have to hit DC 20. You have to hit DC 15. So, nice. uh, nice. yeah, roll a, roll a perception. Try to hit 15. There, Star. 22. Say as 22. So take a plus one, Karen. So what was 23. that for us? I was just going to say as you're rolling that, I would, <laughs> I would lean in. I would be like, uh, from my experience, if... if if he wants that, I, I would recommend not not doing that. <laughs> if you, they're they're big and strong, <laughs> I'll tell Bedrick right away. Um, <laughs> with a twenty-three, I think you, you believe him. He doesn't seem to really have any reason to lie to you, and really, kind of, it's kind of been surprising how these outriders have treated you all uh, since you have joined this old, sort of old town here where you would expect some animosity you have found only warmth and sort of uh, welcomeness I guess acceptance that's the word I'm looking for which maybe that uh, is suspicious you tell yeah, me yeah Kieran I think it's like just waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit right. I understand that <laughs> Do any of you know what timeshare means? <laughs> right. <laughs> step into our conference room. What do you uh, it's more about set it? of golf clubs just for listening. <laughs> you know, get a discount on swimming with the rays. <laughs> <laughs> right. Karen will go talk to Shaq, though. The ice rays. Uh, you find Shaq outside with this young ranger who you had met previously, Alexia Stonekin. And 
Shaq is holding his hand up, and Alexia has her short bow drawn back, and she's aiming towards it. I run in front of it and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what? No, this isn't what it looks like. And Shaq's like, Shaq told her she cannot pierce skin, so no bother trying. <laughs> Step aside, friend. Shaq has this. Oh, you're making more friends. That's good. Well, I wouldn't say we're friends exactly. He's kind of a boastful, arrogant, and she draws her bow back up and is fixing it. She's <laughs> a thick-headed idiot, and she lets it loose, and it sinks right through the middle of Shaq's palm, and he's like, oh! I like to think he's just like, <laughs> and tries to, like, hide. It's like yeah. Dennis with the dark horn. <laughs> and, uh, right. <laughs> I know it hurts. You can scream. <laughs> Shaq, no hurt. Shaq, Shaq, feel good. Trust me, and she turns to you, Kieran, and she says, Trust me, I've had to do this with practically every dwarven male out here. <laughs> Shaq, it's okay to admit to your friends when you're in pain. <laughs> Shaq, not in pain. Shaq's strong for Emin. Are you sure I can help make you feel better if you no, no, are? No, no, Shaq, good. I imagine he's like blinking his eyes he's right blinking. now, like way the tears. Shaq gonna go sit down yeah, for really no reason. At least let, let me pull it out first. Nope. <laughs> I feel like we're gonna see him like later somewhere. We're gonna look over the wall and he's just like gnawing on it, like oh, trying to get like a dog. <laughs> to put a coat on him. Uh, yeah. Small whimpering sounds coming. <laughs> well, before you go off and make more friends. Uh, I want to let you know that they asked us to go into the city to speak to the king. Just a few of us for now. Tell King Shaq says hi. I will. And I will uh, make a point of arguing that he lets everyone in. Shaq never seen city. Not sure Shaq's seen. <laughs> Shaq has <Okay>. vibe. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Shaq has the fit. You're right. You are much too uh, important to go into a city. Shaq thinks so. She's, he is trying to like behind his back, clearly pull out the arrow. <laughs> Shaq thinks so. <laughs> Shaq, uh, go. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Star will pipe up just a little bit and say, "Well." They may offer you some work. Feel free to take it or do whatever you want. You are free. Thank you for helping us. Shaq will guard prisoners. Make sure none escape. <laughs> <laughs> Only if they want you to, of course. Right. And he winks at you. <laughs> uh, Is everybody I'll ready? I'll reach out and lay on hands on them <laughs> before I walk off. <laughs> Shaq feel warm, but not hot. God? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's uh, the touch of Emin. Shaq hand feel better. Not that it, not that it felt bad. To be not, not that Shaq's hand felt bad. <laughs> Just feel Pre previous better. football Kier injury. Like, in like a week, Kieran's going to get like another picture of Shaq holding hands with her in the mail, and then um, fucking Crunch is going to have some... Uh... They're going to duel to the death. <laughs> uh, 
crunch gets squashed immediately. <laughs> uh, really quick, as we're as we're about to leave, uh, Frost is going to walk over to Shaq and he's going to pull a little bottle out of his a uh, little flask out of his pocket. He's going to say, "Shaq, you drink this down. I need I need the flask back, but drink this down real quick." Okay, but you have to open. <laughs> Pop the top. Takes it between <laughs> his forefinger and thumb very delicately and throws it back. Gently hands it back to you. Whoa! What is this? As he's <laughs> exhaling, uh, <laughs> there is a... It's just a visual gag. There's no power to it, but he's uh, he is breathing what appears to be like a small cone of uh, frost dragon breath. And, and he's also he, getting a, a little bit buzzed. Because <laughs> it's alcohol. He stares at it just with wide eyes and he's like, Shaq is dragon. <laughs> You're laughing now, dad. <laughs> Shaq told dad. Shaq told dad. Shaq dragon. <laughs> You're not entirely sure what you started here, but yeah, he just walks <laughs> off into the, into, the, into the mountains or something. Trying to flap his arms. <laughs> All right. We should really go to the city now. <laughs> if you're done playing with your troll, <laughs> going to miss our ferry. He's a good boy. Is everybody ready? Yes. Follow me. And you walk towards this mountainside. And one of the great wonders of Rel stand before you. The doorway to Bronzehammer. The city in the mountain. This door is one of the oldest things in the world. Standing through numerous wars, tragedies, generations, it is far older than all of you. This brass door stands at least a hundred feet tall. It is embossed with a narrative recounting of the birth, rise, works, and death of Tog the Creator. In the center of this mural, connecting every other event, is this celestial dwarf striking down on a hot anvil, and beneath it, the world is created. You are so inspired. At each of you, take a reroll. <laughs> You're just trying to fill God, us up to make us use them again. Fill, fill it up so then I forget to give them to you and then <laughs> uh, Kiaren will kind of like pause and like look with awe and then turn towards Star and Bow and be like I never get tired of seeing these wonders especially with friends at my side it's a beaut Star will uh the elm was quite the city, but nothing like this. Edwin Iron Hands walks up and places his palm against the smooth surface of the door. Praise Tog, he whispers. The door shudders under its own weight as it begins to open slowly. A stone hallway marked by dozens of statues of dwarven heroes on each side stands ahead of you, leading down to this circular room 
after you. Walking down this hall, you're able to examine several of these statues. Some look almost as old as the door itself. Some look like they were erected yesterday. But after just the short walk, you end up in this mechanized chamber, and it is wondrous. Metallic gears shift and grind into a dazzling pattern. A single dwarf, or at least a creature that looks like a dwarf, stands in the center of the room. He grips the hilt of his axe as the head is locked into some sort of mechanism on the floor. He is completely armored, head to toe, in complex and interwoven metal pieces. As you approach, he speaks. Var does anybody speak Dwarven? Nope. Cinder. Yes. <laughs> you know this dwarf. This is Yig, the Liftmaster, the sole being in charge of the, operating this lift in and out of Bronzehammer. He has been here as long as Dwarven records reach and outlived any legacy that you know of. And he speaks only in Dwarven as he says, what brings you outsiders to Bronzehammer? I mean, yeah, she would, assuming that she's not an outsider, turn and translate that to you guys. Um, <clears throat> surprisingly, Bo seems to understand. Cool. Star will kind of uh, respond here. Well, I come seeking the entrance to what is it called in this world? Brunsholt or the oh, underneath oh, subterranean? <laughs> yeah, I've come to seek the entrance to subterranea. I had heard that there was a way through here. I've lost someone there. And Edwin pipes up and he's like, God, let him, let him in, you old bastard. Jesus, do we have to do, not Jesus, dog. <laughs> do you have to do this every time? Cinder cracks a smile at that too. The armored dwarf stares at each of you before silently he grips the handle of his ass. Uh, no. <laughs> he grips his ass. <laughs> he, gri he grips the handle the hand of his ass. Is that like the butt plug? <laughs> no. <laughs> With a handle on it. It's, it's yeah. an old dwarven right. You guys wouldn't get it. You don't understand. <laughs> he grips the handle of his axe and turns it as you hear this clunk. And the machinery around the lift kicks into overdrive, whirring and clanging with this incredible complexity. The lift begins to descend deep into the mountain. Rune-covered stone walls blur past you as the platform darkens. But after a few moments, the city is illuminated and you see a beautiful sight, a magnificent aerial view 
over the city of Bronzehammer. This city is a sea of carved stone, washing across a vast landscape, accented with metals ranging from copper to gold. A flickering orange light basks the city, radiating from magma that passes through intricate piping throughout the entire walls of this settlement. Steam hangs overhead like sparse clouds on a spring day, and you hear the sounds of trade and commerce. The clanking of metal being worked, the smells of flame and salt. It's as if the shattering of the sky hasn't even touched this place. The lift continues its journey down as if it's slowed in the beauty of Bronzehammer, but it finally comes to a halt. In front of you is a massive bridge over a dwindling river of lava, on which hundreds of soldiers are organizing resources, erecting temp temporary fortifications, tower shields being affixed to the ground with crossbow slits peering through, and ballistas directed towards the entrance to the lift. Lieutenant Edwin Ironhands, welcome home. A red-haired woman steps forward. Each of her steps is heavy with the weight of her ornately designed plate armor. She scans each of you, cautious and vigilant, with her spear at her side and three bronze legionnaires flanking her. Esteemed guests, welcome to Brunsholtz. I am Princess Carlea Shattershield, daughter of King Ungvo Shattershield, first of his name, Giant Slayer. Your presence has been requested by the royal crown. Please follow me with haste. I think as she's as she sees Frost while she's scanning the party, he's, she sees like a diminutively stanced, like ears back, eyes slitted, just fucking eyeballs burning daggers at these uh these ballistas around. Just like something genetic tells Frost that ballistas are terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Catapults, though, far superior siege machine, so it's yeah. not as scary. They are, but uh, yeah. they're they're easier to dodge though while you're flying in the air. That's a I don't strip know dragon. why I'm yeah, imagining Frost as like the black cat stance, like yeah, like, that's that's exactly. <laughs> it's all spiked yeah, up. yeah, he's he just like, like the, <laughs> the like, I don't know what dragon cat or dragon. Yeah. Like he, he, he's like Detailed. afraid of nothing until he sees a ballista and he's like oh my god it's like, it's like a cucumber <laughs> for a cat when they're eating or whatever yeah like, I think it's a snake um I want to do something but I mean I don't know if you had different plans Tanner um we can round back around to this too but I think um Cinder will kind of regard the queen definitely and give her a pretty deep or the princess, princess. and give her a deep bow maybe almost like a little bit uh thrown off why she would be a part of the like reception for these travelers that she just met but um after that yeah she'll turn to the rest of the group and just say uh, this is where I must leave you for a moment but meet me at the Dock Iron Inn later it's on the east side of town I have credit there we'll catch up they'll let you stay don't become too preoccupied Cinder you will be requested at the council meeting tonight all of you will and she, yeah, she nods and says, kind of maybe like sternly, just, oh, I intend on being there. 
and the rest you, of you yeah she'll give oh, you guys a, a nod and uh kind of disappear down an alley the rest of you do not have free room as your companion cinder lafayette does you are to be accompanied by me at all times at least until after you meet with king uncle i trust you will respect dwarven laws and traditions while you are here but please proceed with caution and am i understood um anything we should know before we take off here dwarves are very particular about their property as i'm sure your kinds are as well theft is met greatly with strong retribution you are outsiders here i understand your circumstances for coming here or well, I heard the report, but do not let that influence your decisions. You are still visitors to this city, and we do not let in visitors often. Stars, like, we understand. We'll be on our best behavior. I do have a question, though. Is it... If I, so is, is it the middle finger is still the middle finger for you guys, right? It's not like the pointer finger or like the pinky. <laughs> just want to make sure I don't put up the wrong finger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure that I properly tell someone to eat shit if I need to. She gives you a bit of a smirk and says, <laughs> I believe you'll pick up the customs in due time. He sacks tap, sack taps you. <laughs> Can't say <laughs> it. That's how they shake hands. In fact, I think we established that it's a firm punch to the genitals is how dwarves greet each other. <laughs> I'll add to what uh, Star and Bo were saying and that we can't promise we know all your laws, but we do promise to tread with respect while we're here. That is all I can ask, warrior. Come I now. I a statue in the corner. Yep. Your laws are safe with me do the sacrificial uh, sack tap with you before you go? No, no, that is a myth. <laughs> sacrificial. <laughs> <Yeah>, sacrifice. <laughs> sac you sacrifice your sack for my entrance. <laughs> Let us proceed. This dwarven princess leads you over a bridge, and as you pat as you pass, practically every soldier is gazing in wonder at the strangers who have entered their city. And I do want to kind of reflect upon this. You have a kobold, an asimar, a kitsune, I think it's kitsune, not kitsune, I think I mispronounced mm -hmm. that, kitsune, and a dolel in a almost 100% populated dwarven city. This is unlike anything these people have ever seen. And so heads follow you everywhere you go. Bo is entertained by this and it's just like smiling and waving at everyone. Just like, hey, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Kiaran's the opposite. It? She's pulling her hood up and kind of hunching. I will say as kobolds go, even though Frost is a little weird looking because he's albino, he's also, I know that's offensive, but I can say it, I am one. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Other than his albinism, uh, Frost's appearance would at least maybe be a little bit of an edge cutter or like take the edge off a little bit because he is dressed in obviously like diplomatic guard garb. So this is the kind of, yeah, he's at least the kind of character that you might expect to pop up in unexpected places. He's fairly like, oh yeah, that guy, that guy makes sense to be saying. here. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think in the context of this situation, it is definitely hard not to look bizarre. Oh, for sure. Well, does um, does Frost kind of like carry himself like a little bit more dignified in a more dignified way than like most kobolds would? Uh, definitely. Okay. I feel yeah, like he was. Frost is coming across like kind of noble. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was a guard to nobility for like his entire working life, pretty much. Proved himself a capable fighter when he was a kid, and then pretty much was picked up by an ambassador who operated out of Blackreach, out of a, an important facility, and hired on as her personal guard. And so that was, that's pretty much his whole backstory. Are kobold children called kids, or are they called something weird? Like, <laughs> what are lizard know, what babies are, called? What are lizard babies Rude? called? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Row? No. Gizzards. Rows. Rows. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, Frost is very comfortable being looked at kind of uncomfortably. He's used to it. And he's carrying himself as such. And the princess speaks up and he says, I apologize for the attention you may receive in the city, but you you must understand that this is... We haven't let outsiders in in a long time, and when we have in the past, it's been in times of terrible turmoil, which this may be. Well, let's ensure we leave a good taste with them. She continues to lead you over the bridge, and you pass a collection of inns and breweries and taverns on the other side, known as the Hearth District. This area bustling with all sorts of merriments, and perhaps as you pass the outside of a tavern, a couple drunks are kind of whistling as you walk by, and it seems like spirits are generally good here. Continuing on, you go to the crossroads that lead to the Commerce District and uh, have these running steaming pipelines that lead to the Power District. But on the horizon, what you can see is this massive bronze castle. Passing through the crossroads, the princess stops and says, This, this is the Royal District. And just like the rest of the city, but to a point of more regality and nobility, this is breathtaking. Vigilant spires tower over this plaza, of fantastic displays of glowing fungi and rare illuminated gemstones and crystals. You see fountains of magma that radiate heat to soldiers and nobles alike as they pass between these pillared judiciary buildings. And at the head of this district, of course, is Bronze Keep. This massive castle with that is clearly as ancient as the bronze door in the mountain. Let us continue. The king is not a man to be kept waiting. Of course, and your highness, may I say, as expected, I am in awe of dwarven craftsmanship. As am I, young kobold. This royal district is... The oldest in the city. This is where the... Our ancestors first started building. Before we carved our way up to the surface. This is the heart of dwarven culture. Though I'll be honest, it's grown quite boring in the last few centuries. No taverns you find here will be worth their weight in gold. You have to pay for... Specialty brews... 
You're much better off in the hearth district and any commerce you find here, you're better in the commerce district where you'll have cheaper prices, better craftsmanship. But it is a beautiful sight nonetheless. Finally, the princess opens a set of double doors after leading you into the bronze keep. And this council chamber opens up. Stone chairs trimmed with gold gather around this embossed table that the, is circled on this anvil, giant anvil of bronze hammer, the sigil of the city. At the head of this table, a crowned dwarf sits atop his throne. As the princess drops to a knee and says, King Ungvul Shattershield, first of his name, Giant Slayer, I have returned with the outsiders who saved Lieutenant Iron Hands. I will also drop to a knee. We'll try to match the form. <clears throat> yeah, bow too. Okay. Frost will actually give a traditional kobold bow, which is a little bit different stance. Off with his head. <laughs> Show them your him. butthole like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> is this what you're looking for? <laughs> um, what are you doing, sir? Are you dropping to a knee? Um, yeah, I suppose so. Okay. She'll put her, like, the what she does, she'll drop Toonie and put her, like, fist, of, like, over her heart. Rise, my daughter. Rise, honored guests. The tale of heroism has reached the crown. The city of Brunsholtz is in your debt. Tell me, outsiders. What brings such a strange alliance together? Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> there can be strength in the differences of our types. <laughs> you can't there say can that. There can be strength in our differences. Star will uh, pipe up again and say, um, well, I have a soft heart, and I end up helping people, and they feel they owe me favors, so <laughs> we're here. Kiaran will let out a little laugh under her breath. <laughs> and you look over the princess, and she's, like, red in the face, just, like, embarrassed. <laughs> the king stands up, and he's tall by Doran standards. His long, braided salt-and-pepper beard is filled with marvelous beads and gems. A neat silk doublet is hanging over mithril chain and is stitched with a sundered silver shield. His face is definitely aged and you can probably immediately tell it's due to both time and stress. And he walks up to you, Kiara, and he says, Kiara Nimone. And as he approaches you, he, he gets close and you can see that his daughter is like white gripping um, her spear, and there are two bronze uh, uh, bronze legionnaires on each side of the throne, and they sort of circle around, keeping his flanks at all time. And then there are the two more that are at the entrance to the room that uh, were accompanying you. And the princess says, "Gyarnimone, Underelf, I am told your people are cruel and calculated." Yet, I hear that you 
or the boldest of them all. Righteous warrior. Uh, as he was walking up and she noticed the guards Kiaran glances with like a, a look of like here's comes the other shoe towards Star and Bow and like stiffens a little bit and then realizes he's not about to attack <laughs> um, and she would be like their reputation is earned I hope mine is, is will be as well walks forward, steps in front of you, Bo. Bo Cantrell. Fallen young Asmar, born in divinity but rejected by its light. Understand you serve Cosmios, the judge in the scale. Yes. Interesting. Continues forward. Starlit Moonbo. Volka tells me tales told in taverns in the pirate city across the world. A friend to the Fey and infamous scoundrel. Well, only to those who are deserving. And then he steps forward and freezes. Where was that kobold that was here a second ago? <laughs> Nobody move. You Nobody move. Any we lost. We lost a lizard. We lost a lizard. <laughs> we dropped our lizard. Did you hear that skittering? Is it on me? Get <laughs> <laughs> it off his clothes. Cornelia. <laughs> he steps forward. Frost. Dragonkin, understand you are something of a recent arrival. How fortuitous. It took me until only yesterday to meet this party, but yes. And where is Cinder? He looks at Carlea. Um, Cinder took off into the city. She said she had other matters. A halfling so bold, they think they can rebuke the demands of their own king. Strange times indeed. Each of you outsiders, you risk your lives for a member of our city, a brave warrior. Edwin Ironhands. And from my understanding, you lost someone close. My condolences. I know what it's like to lose in the battlefield. But now, by degree of King Ungvo Shattershield, first of his name and giant slayer, you are friends of the city and forever welcome in Brunsholt. And you have the king and the crown as your ally. I appreciate the honor. There was one more who helped us. And who is that? 
Shaq. <laughs> Without his help, we might not have made it out of the city. He helped provide cover. I... I heard of Shaq and his efforts. Edwin told me. Give it time, but Shaq will be a friend to this city as well. However, there are certain members of the council that will call for my head on a platter if I stroll a troll right through the front gates. I think Star will stifle a laugh. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I was picturing Shaq coming in here. Not that he's bad, he's just... Uh, clumsy. Large. And also made a voice. <laughs> he would melt. I understand, and he may not even want to come down here, but... I know one of our goals is to, if we are so bold, request entry to Subterrania. And I would offer to him to come with us if he wants. He strokes his beard. The deep gate has been closed for quite some time under Elf. But... I do owe you a debt. Though I can't imagine the GM is going to allow you to drag that troll along into the underworld. <laughs> yeah, I imagine Shaq's <laughs> going to be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Star will pipe in again. and I'm sure he probably won't necessarily want to be in the city. Um, I've relayed this already, but all we ask is that you treat him kindly and... I. He may be great help outside the gates for you. Good uh, heads up if anything comes your way. First defenses, perhaps. He is a good person. Troll. Ice thing. From what I know about Verastrols who adopt humanity or human kin, as long as you put a crate of beer in the same place every day, nothing will ever come close to that spot. Sorry, I don't know what that accent was. <laughs> I think my bad Dorman accent's bleeding into yours. It, it probably is. Well, I, like, I like the idea of King Shattershield's accent almost being, like, over the top from, like, a nobility standpoint or something. Like, the more oh, yeah. Dorman yeah, that's you sound, the more of a dwarf you are. Yeah. No, he's, he's fucking great. Like, yeah. That is a reasonable enough request. I'm sure I can accommodate it. However... The city of Brunsholtz has more questions regarding the state of the surface world. But we must have answers. This evening, the city council will be meeting together. I request you formally, each and every one of you, be present, including Cinder Lafayette, wherever she may be. Until then, please... Enjoy a small reward for your heroism. And he snaps his fingers, and out comes two dwarves holding a chest. And as they pop it open, it reveals 7,000 gold pieces. Oh my god. <laughs> they just had the conversation. Wow, that's about how more we're all money broke. than. <laughs> yeah. 
Star takes it. Where's your poor district? (laughs) (laughs) That would be the labor district. Quite a bit of ale. We've implemented a trickle-down economical system, though. I'd ask you to keep it intact. (laughs) In the meantime, Edwin Ironhounds will be your charge in the city. He will take you where you need to go. Go get a meal, get an ale, and come back. We have much to discuss. And we'll see what the city council meeting has in store for you all next time on the Reroll Gaming Podcast. They're going to they're gonna discuss, right. uh, discuss illuminated signage policies and how they impact the aesthetic of the more affluent <laughs> shopping districts. <laughs> Whether it's or not the crossing there. light flashes yeah. for long enough for their elderly citizens or... Um, if they need to rethink how the how the red light green light system works there's also just like a whole like there's like a zoning conversation that keeps getting put off until the next meeting and they just can't push it back anymore so that's going to occupy most <laughs> of the meeting if we're being honest <laughs> it's gonna be nine episodes well, of the, talking about the city limits the school's property line actually <laughs> extends 10 feet over into the neighboring county and it's just causing a bureaucratic nightmare mm-hmm. everybody stop your fucking <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Reroll Podcast. The world of Rel and all characters within are copyright and fictitious. Any similarities to persons, living or dead, or actual events are purely coincidental. Reroll Gaming uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. Used under Paizo's community use policy, we are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Reroll Gaming is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. Want to follow us on social media, listen to another episode, or send us hate mail? Check out our link tree for all our info. You can find that link in the episode description. Big thanks to Tabletop Audio for producing quality RPG music and ambiance that we can use in our games. The Reroll main theme and all character themes are copyright Zangaring. The Chronicles of Rail theme and Frequency theme are copyright Tanner Prentice. Please consider donating to our Patreon or Ko-fi if you liked our content. We are hell-bent on making more, and with your support, we can make a lot more. And leave us a review wherever you heard this episode. New episodes every Monday at 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. See you then.